the Old Testament reading is recorded by Moses, the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson is the letter written to the Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Now it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, you left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one origin. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. 
In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children of God has given me. This is the word of the Lord. Pharisees came in order to test Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. And Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his, hand, in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the Old Testament lesson according to Moses, chapter 2, verse 18 and following. I will just reread it so it's fresh before us. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, and every bird of the air, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle, and to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept took one of his ribs, and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Thus far our text. I presume you, as thousands and thousands of people in this country, 
have been somewhat preoccupied with the Supreme Court nomination and its hearing and testimony. I'm sure everybody knows that, that our president of the United States, Donald Trump, nominated Brett Kavanaugh, a judge already of 12 years, is he nominated him to be a Supreme Court justice to fill the spot vacated by Justice Kennedy. And if you had the, well, I would say maybe if you had the torture of watching any of the hearings, you saw a sad display of sin in people uh, before our very eyes. Sad because, in a way, we have pitted the sexes against one another. Man against woman, woman against man. Excuse me. I'm being invaded. So, so uh, but what I would like to point out to myself and to you and the rest of the world is this is not and was not God's intention. God never intended for the sexes, man and woman, to be in conflict with each other. That is sad, very sad, and it shows us the effects of sin, the fall into sin, by Adam and Eve. But it was not God's intention in the first place, as we see in this text. And when I was a pastor where we had a school in our church, attached to our church, I thought that we should emphasize creation more than what we do. And I'm speaking to myself here, too. Because if the church knew and understand and confesses and believes the truth of creation and how God created us perfect in the first place, then we would try harder, I think, to love and honor and respect all sexes, two of them, that is, both sexes, and not do anything to try and divide us. That's not God's intention. As we see here, now this may be offensive to some women, but not Christian women. As a theme for this text, I've said, God created woman for man. And that's exactly what the text says. Because Adam, being a male, did not have a counterpart. He did not have one corresponding to him. He did not have one that he and she could create. Imagine that. God allows man to reproduce himself. That's amazing in itself. And if we were to think about it and study it carefully and uh, theologically and take it apart, we would say this is just mind-boggling that God allows us to be part in, uh, 
creation. That's his intent. He created Adam, and then he said after Adam named all the animals, and he saw that the animals were able to procreate, but he wasn't. He was alone. He had not a helper. He had not one corresponding to him. He had not one who could compliment him. There was no other human on earth but Adam. So Adam recognized that. God recognized that. And then God put Adam into a deep sleep, takes a rib, not just half a rib, but a whole rib, all the way around, takes it out of his body and takes flesh and makes a woman. He makes Eve and brings her to Adam. These two, our first parents, Adam and Eve, were perfect. They were holy. This means that they were made, God says it, they were made in his image. So everything that God is, barring divinity, they were. Adam and Eve, they were holy. They were righteous. They were perfect. They did God's will absolutely as he would have it to be done. They communicated with him. They could speak with him at any time. They talked to him like we talked to one another. They were perfect. Adam was not better than Eve. Eve was not better than Adam. Adam and Eve did not fight with one another trying to see who was better, who's more powerful, who's more important, who's the greatest. They loved each other as God loved them, and they served each other in their proper vocations. God has made the sexes different. Males have a particular vocation. Females have a particular vocation. Just to reiterate to fallen man, Paul writes to the Galatians and said there's no spiritual difference between a slave and a free man, between a woman, a female, and a male. There are no differences as far as God is concerned according to our spiritual righteousness. So it's crazy. It's against God's will that the sexes would argue and fight with one another and try to, to be the greatest or the most important or the most powerful or whatever it is Satan conjures up to lead people into doing. That is not God's will. That is fallen man's will. That's rebellion against God. And we can thank Satan for it. Of course, I mean that sarcastically. The fall, that's where it all came from. Satan seduced Eve and led her astray. 
promised her something he couldn't deliver. Told her she could be like God. Well, she already was like God. She didn't have to be like God. She already had the image of God. She already was perfect and holy, just like the angels. But he seduced her. He led her astray. He lied to her. And he got her to fall. And Adam followed suit. And that's why we have all the problems we have in this world now, because man has rebelled against his God. But through Christ, the image of God is gradually being renewed within us. Through the water of holy baptism, we have become righteous in God's eyes. Through faith in his Son, Jesus Christ, we have become holy, as God says we should be. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Jesus said in Matthew, you should be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, that happens in holy baptism. And that continues on through baptism, the word, and holy communion. These gifts God gives to us through his Son, that we might return to where we belong. When man runs away from God out to do his own thing, he's doing something God never intended us to do, and he is totally out of place. We rightly belong in God's church and in his family. He created us. He loves us. He created us out of love. And then he wants us to love him. And so he created Adam and Eve and brought them together and officiated at the first wedding. This is the intention for male and female in God's heart and mind, that we would marry and we would have children and we would fulfill our calling, whatever it may be, your vocation. Mine was, well, lots of things, I guess. You're a child. You're a student, then maybe you become a parent and you have a job of some sort. I used to drive a truck. I was a farm boy. Then I became an engineer. Then I went to the seminary. I became a pastor. So we all have our calling where God calls us and places us. Women have a different calling than men. Women are called to serve their husbands, their families, to bear children and to raise those children. What a great honor God has bestowed upon women that they can have children. 
men can't have children. That's not part of our vocation. No wonder mothers and children are so close together. They've carried them in their womb for nine months. And then they nurse them at their breast. And they change zillions of diapers. And they're very, the children and the mother and child bond is, is unique. It's very unique. And I think, at least in our better moments, we all must think very highly of our mothers and thank God that he gave us mothers. You could have no greater gift in life than to have a Christian mother who brought you in her arms to the baptismal font. I don't think there's much greater work than a mother can do than to bring her child in her arms to the baptismal font. For there in holy baptism, God is pleased to adopt us as his children, and he takes up residence within us. The triune God is pleased to take come in within us, make us his temple, and he's pleased to take us into him. So, you are both on earth and you're in heaven with your Savior through the water of holy baptism. What a blessed gift we have. But God loves us so much that he would do that. And he brought Eve to Adam and he officiated at their wedding where he pronounced them husband and wife, which is to last until he separates them. And he put his blessing on them that they should have children. And he commanded them to have children. Be fruitful and multiply, he said. He loves children. He loves people. He loves you. And he wants you someday to be with him in heaven eternally. Forever and ever and ever. Just imagine, there's got to be millions and millions, billions and billions of 